conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and I am joined again by Tim Matthews to discuss Toy Story 2. We already discussed the first movie, so pause this and go check out that episode if you haven't listened to it yet. But Toy Story 2 came out in 1999, which was about four years after Toy Story came out. So you have a decent gap between movies because, as we have mentioned before, animation wasn't something that could be done as quickly as it can be now. And it's something that they still tend to take more time with. Wouldn't you agree with that, Tim? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the like average is, but I still feel like I still feel like they probably work on them maybe like three to four years at a time. Yeah. It really feels like they are able to rush live action production a lot more Mm -hmm. than you can with animation because If something looks off in a live action film, sometimes you can find little ways to cover it up or it's just a nice little goofy blip that people notice. But with animation, I feel like it is something that could potentially throw off the entire movie for someone. So it's like you really need to get that down because if you have a choppy bit of animation and it's just going to take people out of the movie completely and Toy Story 2 definitely does not do that. It's just something I would think would happen if they tried to rush production on animated movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I would, I would imagine, you know, maybe on a, a sequel, you might be able to do a slight quicker turnaround and I am no animation expert, so I could be way off, but you have the, the, the basic builds of the characters that you've already been using and you are designing some new ones. But then when you look at, you know, all the, original IP uh, type stuff that Pixar's, you know, putting out. It's like, yes, it's a similar animation style, but it's all new characters. It's all new worlds. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure a lot goes in building those things from the ground up every time. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you mention the new characters because a lot carry over from the first movie, but you do have this continuity where at the end of the first movie, we knew that a Mrs. Potato Head was going to be introduced. So mm-hmm. you have Mrs. Potato Head, you have Jesse the Yodeling Cowgirl, Stinky Pete the Prospector, you have, I believe the horse's name was Bullseye. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the people go, you have Al the Toy Collector. And you have an appearance from a character that you may have seen already if you were paying close enough attention to any of the shorts that Pixar released. Which character? The old man who comes to fix up Woody is the old man who plays chess in oh my gosh. Jerry's Game. Oh, and that's one of my favorites, too. I believe it's Jerry's Game or it's Gary's yeah. Game. I don't really yeah. know how they're pronouncing that because I feel like it could go either way. But it's that's the same right. old man, and he's the one who like makes Woody look like new. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I love it. I also shout out to Wheezy the Penguin. Yes. Yes, Wheezy. Cannot forget about Wheezy. <laughs> Apparently Andy did, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, there is that. And I think for the most part, you know, well, that's not entirely it because you have Zerg and we'll go into that character a little more later because that character is directly tied to Buzz Lightyear, but the real Buzz doesn't know it. So <laughs> you, yeah. you have some fun little moments there, but overall, what did you think of 
the character additions because, you know, for me, I enjoyed a good amount of what they did with the new characters. You have Joan Cusack voicing Jesse, Kelsey Grammer as Stinky Pete, and it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Um, yeah, I mean, Jesse, Jesse is such a great addition, especially. Um, and the, the way, the way they bring in these new characters, it's, it's great how it's done because they're an extension of Woody. And so it doesn't feel like, oh, here's just new characters for the sake of having new characters. We're learning a bunch about a character that we already spent an entire film with. And we're getting this great backstory of this old show and, and everything and these additional characters. And because um, in, in the original Toy Story, I feel like it, you know, you have all these toys, but they're very, they're very individualized toys. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see what would feel natural for a toy line is that there would be a set, that there would right. be these additional characters. And we get that with Buzz, too, that it's like, all right, there's Buzz, but we get Emperor Zerg. Um and I mean, of course, Kelsey Grammer is incredible as Stinky Pete. Uh, it, it's it was great having, um, even though it doesn't seem like it throughout the uh, the majority of the movie. It was great having, I feel like, a proper villain in the in the movie because mm-hmm. I feel like S- Sid was a bad kid, but he I. F- I feel like he almost had like a henchman like level to him because he he wasn't too bright. You know, he didn't he wasn't didn't have necessarily a huge plan uh, built together. But then Stinky Pete was like this whole time, you know, it was like he was, you know, working the strings, you know, behind the behind the scenes, like turning the TV on to so that Woody almost gets caught and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then uh, um, and then, you know, Bullseye doesn't talk much, but he's great and and a lot of <laughs> and a lot of fun <laughs> yeah so i def i definitely really enjoyed the the new characters al really is the new sid though when you think about it because That's like true. you said yeah. stinky pete is the one pulling the strings he does not want to go back in storage and neither does jesse but jesse isn't manipulative about it she's just very outspoken about it which is probably the better way to go about trying to get what you want from Woody, but yeah, I feel like hers is more hers is more trauma based. Like you know, it's yeah, she was abandoned on the side on the side of the road. Yeah, and with Al, you know, he's an adult who literally steals a toy from a yard sale. So he steals this kid's toy, a jerk. Even though he's been told it's not for sale and it wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be out there. Most people would walk away, but because Woody is a collectible and this guy is clearly, clearly obsessed, he's just so greedy and unlikable the entire time. So to me, it's like he wasn't exactly the villain, because I do agree with you that Stinky Pete was the one who was more manipulative. He was just greedy and wanted to do whatever he wanted, like Sid did. Mm -hmm. So it was funny to replace that kind of character with an adult. Because then it makes them even more unlikable. It's like, okay, you never grew out of this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he runs a toy store, too. It's like, how do you sell any toys? Like, you're such a horrible person. I know. (laughs) Well, he dresses up like a chicken and that brings everybody in, I guess. (laughs) I guess so. It's very, very odd. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, it's funny, like, listening to him, like, like in that role because he 
he he definitely gives me some some shades of like Dennis Nedry, and so the fact that it's the same actor um, w- was just really funny to me. Just it's like sneaking around and he's stealing stuff, and just his little like hoo 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 like right. I'm, I'm gonna get everything get everything I want and make and make all this money because for him it's just it's all about money he doesn't care about anybody else and um uh what is it Wayne Knight is that yes yeah I mean he he's he's just fantastic I agree and while we're on the topic of Al why don't we go ahead and dive into the story because yeah Al is really the person who kicks off the story for this movie by stealing Woody from the yard sale you know at the beginning, you have all of these toys, and they're worried about you know who's going to be plucked out of Andy's room and thrown in a yard sale box. And Wheezy is really the only one because you know his squeaker is broken, <laughs> basically. So it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> he was shelved, and apparently, getting shelved is not a good thing because Woody gets shelved when Andy is playing with him and accidentally rips his arm, but. It seems like Andy's mom knows that Woody means something. There's some sentimental value there. Because if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. at the yard sale, she mentions that it's been in the family sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, we wouldn't put this out for sale because it's, you know, a family toy. Yeah. And it seems like that's the most accurate because when we find out more about Woody and the fact that he had his own TV show... It's an old show. Yeah, it's a really old show because it's literally him as a puppet on strings. Yeah. You know, they couldn't even like CG the strings out of it <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's in black and white. It's it very much has like a gun smoke feel to it, you know, like the like an old Western TV series, except with puppets. Right. And if you look at the items that Al has in his collection, you have like a wooden yo-yo you have those metal lunch boxes that mm-hmm. kids don't really use today you know those are more collector's items i think i have like a woody woodpecker one i don't know if i still have it but that was sort of like the only metal lunchbox i had and i definitely didn't use it for lunch <laughs> you know so it's one of those things where you don't really use those things anymore so you know they're older than you know the present day especially even in 1999 when this came out, you could tell that there was just something about these items that felt like they were just from a totally different time. Absolutely. It gives the feeling that it's, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, it's been in the family. So was it, you know, his dad or was it his grandfather? I know there's a ton of strange theories about the his dad not being in the picture and there being literally no pictures of his father around the house. Um, but... It definitely, it definitely feels like this is a toy that was possibly handed down. Mm-hmm. So that that's pretty, and and that's pretty cool because I honestly, until probably until you know this, this this viewing and then this this discussion, that's not that's not necessarily something that I thought about, and that was something that was fun watching this movie. Whereas like the the first one, as everything was happening, I was just like it. It was like right before everything happened, I remembered what was going to happen. But this one, it it was a bit more like when it was happening, I'm like, oh, that's right. This part, this is awesome. But it wasn't so stuck in my head as uh, as the first one. Um, and it still made for, for a really fun watch with that. Yeah, like I am 95% sure I had seen this one before because I 
remember Mrs. Potato Head being big and Jesse being big, but I totally forgot everything about Al the Toy Collector and Stinky Pete the Prospector. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw this, but I guess it was just so long ago that it really, like you said, it didn't stick with you some parts of the story. And there are certain things they do with this story that really just turn the tables from what they did with the first movie. In the first movie, you have Woody basically going out alone on this rescue mission to get Buzz back. And the tables are definitely turned in this when Woody is the one who is taken. And Buzz is like, you know what? Woody brought me back. I'm going to go get him. And Mm -hmm. he is joined by some of the other toys. You have Rex joining him, Mr. Potato Head, who has a cargo load of things oh, <laughs> you gosh, know yeah. <laughs> he has an extra pair of shoes and his angry eyes don't forget your angry <laughs> eyes you never know <laughs> <laughs> and slinky dog is also with them because yeah. you know they need a way to get down <laughs> who was mrs potato estelle harris was mrs potato head ah uh, yeah definitely some great additions with the voices <laughs> yeah and even though she didn't have you know a huge part it just played off of Mr. Potato Head so well that it was very entertaining. Same with Joan Cusack as Jesse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that they really needed to get too terribly creative with the story. I didn't mind that they sort of just flipped what they had done in the first one because they added enough new characters to make it a different kind of story. There were much bigger stakes in this one, too. You know, Woody was about to be shipped off to Japan. There is no bringing Woody back from that if he goes. Yeah, yeah and it was it was even though it, it yeah like a, a lot of sequels are kind of the uh, the first one redone in, with with a bit of a twist in there. You know, it the sometimes the formula just works, and and it definitely works in favor of of this movie. Um, like you said, the addition of of the other characters and upping the stakes, like it, it definitely adds enough new uh, feeling to it, so that it, so that it's still a ton of fun and doesn't feel, you know, completely familiar uh, familiar to the first one. And then when you have Buzz, you know, going to save save Woody, you have Buzz getting the opportunity to be the hero for for Woody and returning the favor. But then also. Buzz going after him has good intentions the whole way through. Whereas in the first one, Woody comes around and then wants to help them both get back. So it's right. it's similar, but it there's there's enough there's enough different, um, and it still feels still feels natural for the characters. And um, you know these are what's what's fun is that these are these are toys. Like this, the the stakes shouldn't be huge at all. And so it's just like when when these things happen, it's the end of the world um, for them, and it's uh, and so the juxtaposition is, I think, is what is what makes these uh, these films work so well. You know that on top of obviously the characters and the great cast and everything like that. I love the fact that they were willing to call back to the first movie and sort of have the characters make fun of themselves, which we see when we have Buzz going up against the new model of buzz so good so and good. he's like 
oh my God, was I like this sort of thing? And that's mm-hmm. that's not exactly the line he says, but that's the gist of it. And, you know, he is just so annoyed with this new improved buzz with the fancy utility belt. He's just like, oh dear, now I understand what they went yeah. through when I first <laughs> arrived and thought I was an actual space ranger. So just to have that moment and then to have, you know, Tim Allen having to play off of himself and still make it so entertaining. I was just like, they totally nailed the tone for this movie. You know, like you said, it's not supposed to be so high stakes because it's a movie about toys, but in a way they still do raise the stakes without making you feel like you're watching something super intense, you know, Obviously, nobody wants Woody to be shipped off to Japan, and the toys don't know that that's where he's going to end up necessarily. They just know, hey, our friend is gone. We have to go get him back. And then they bring back more toys with them. So you have this group of toys, and when they cross the busy street... Only to find out that Woody is back across the street and all the chaos that they caused without realizing it. That was just such a oh, nice yeah. the accident moment. Is insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was such a nice moment because the toys are so oblivious to yeah. anything else other than <laughs> trying to help Woody. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that is that's such a funny sequence. And the whole the entire toy store is, is such a is such a fun sequence like the barbies the, the bar yeah the barbie like giving them the tour around the uh the store and they get to the they get to the buzz the buzz like your aisle and she gives like some trivia about how uh about how they how the toy stores didn't order enough yeah, so now there's like just enough, an entire yeah. row of them <laughs> yeah there's just so many clever things that they uh that they done with it and it it was it was fun to see that they had uh barbie in this one because i i think apparently uh bo peep was supposed to be a barbie okay but the barbie company i don't think thought like the movie was gonna be a big hit and uh and so they turned it down and (laughs) so they found their way into the sequel but (laughs) plus i mean it's 1999 and if you're going into a toy store there are going to be barbies if you're going into mm-hmm. a toy store today, there are still going to be Barbies, you oh, know? Oh, absolutely. So it just adds to a little bit of that realistic sense, even though, you know, this is, like you said with the first one, you just have to go along with the rules of the movie. Yeah. Because not everything is going to be realistic, but they do add in those moments where it's like, okay, you know, it's realistic that the mom would go into the room pick some things out for the yard sale because clearly Andy has a lot of toys Yeah, and not having seen the third one and with the fourth one coming out soon, you know, they have to add something to each movie. You know, they can't just keep it exactly the same necessarily. So, you know, I know that Toy Story 3 is more about Andy going off to college. So I imagine that it's sort of like, the toys trying to save themselves at that point because most people who are going off to college don't keep their toys from when they were, you know, five, six, seven, ten, eleven, twelve, whatever. Yeah, I yeah, I, I I'm really excited to uh, for when we get to the third one because I I definitely have 
well, I know you haven't seen it, and I've only seen it the once. So that okay. one, I, I think, is going to be really fun to revisit because I, I know, I know, I remember emotions, but I don't, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't necessarily remember why, why I felt those. Would you say this one was a little more emotional than the first one then? Because the first one, you're sort of just meeting these characters, getting a feel for them. But in this one, not only do you have a connection with Toy Story already, but the toys have this connection already too, especially Woody and Buzz, which is sort of the main relationship that these movies revolve around as far as the toys go. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. Like, especially having gone through the whole first movie with Woody, when we have that backstory of, you know, his history with Andy and we know how much Andy loves him and how devastated he was that when he thought he lost Woody Um, to then see the setup in this one where Woody, you know, has that like, has that nightmare, um, that, you know, Andy's just going to, you know, say say bye to him and throw him away and not play with him anymore. Um, all the way to when he's with Jesse and that whole crew and he's still grappling with, oh my gosh, like here here's this new crew and I'm having so much fun. You know, why wouldn't I want to go off with them? But he's still struggling with uh, with the fact that he's Andy's toy and he he wants to go back to Andy. So I I feel like having gone through the entire first movie it adds it adds more weight to his internal struggle that we that we are going on in the journey um in the journey with this one. And then I had completely forgotten about the segment of uh of Jesse's backstory and that song is heart-wrenching. <laughs> yeah, I do think that moment went on just a tad too long because yeah. you revisit the same location twice and it's like they kind of linger on it a little too long the mm-hmm. second time and I'm like okay where are they going with this and then they you know leave Jesse in the ends. donation yeah. box yeah for the truck that's there which seems like a very odd place to be taking donations on the side yeah. of the road there because it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah when she was first driving up and then she gets out of the car like that's when i started to remember i'm like oh that's right she puts her puts the box like you know on the side of the road and then i'm just like wait why is she putting a box on the side of the road there's a really weird way to just like drive all the way out here and put a box of your toys out on the side of the road and all in this you know small period of time that the song is happening i'm uh, i'm trying to figure it out and i'm like like, oh, does, does, does she put the box down and then put a sign that says just free toys? I think I remember that. No, that can't be right. And then it when it pans around and there's just this random truck there. But there's no house nearby, it doesn't seem like. So it's just like, yeah. It, it was yeah, weird. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I guess, you know, it, it drives the point home enough. It was definitely this movie's, I don't remember, the, I don't know the names of the songs, but when, when Buzz tries to fly, uh, to the window right and and he falls this was definitely like this this movie when you're looking at stuff that you know this movie is uh taking from the first one and kind of revisiting in its own way that was definitely the the replacement for that one and it was a good scene but i don't think it was as strong as the uh buzz lightyear one yeah like i said for me i think it just went on a tad too long and the truck was a little confusing because when we donate stuff now, you know, you either leave it 
on the curb in front of your house and someone comes and picks it up because you have, you know, the little postcard or whatever, Mm -hmm. you take it down to like Goodwill, Salvation Army, what have you. Or I don't know if you have this where you are, but sometimes in certain parking lots, there will be like donation boxes. And it's just like, you know, they take clothes, shoes, whatever, and you just dump it in that box and they come pick it up however often they come pick it up. Yeah, yeah, we have we have something like that. I don't know what the rules are for it, but um, but I've definitely seen them. So it was just a little odd, and I was like, oh, I did not mm-hmm. remember that being what this turned into at all. And, you know, I think for the most part, though, the story was really strong again in this one. And we get another moment later on when Zerg chases them basically to the apartment building and he's fighting with the new and improved buzz Mm -hmm. and there's this like star wars moment (laughs) where Zerg reveals that he's buzz's father and then they're playing catch later (laughs) outside and i was just like this is so wacky but you kind of love it at the same time and you know the nod to star wars is just really funny because if i'm not mistaken 1999 was around the time the prequel trilogy started coming out yeah yeah that was the year phantom menace came out so that was clearly nicely timed (laughs) yeah yeah no that that whole thing is is absolutely hilarious i love the addition of zerg um and uh and i love you know right before that when you know buzz the you know the real buzz shows up at al's uh penthouse and and the, he's like i'm the real buzz and they have this whole thing and you you think oh you know i kind i know where this type of uh you know storytelling goes they're gonna have a little skirmish again just like in the toy store and i love that it, in instead it just subverts the expectation and buzz just lifts his foot <laughs> yeah he he flipped he hits the the helmet so it's the call back to the first one where he's like <gasps> yeah he can't yeah. breathe and everything and then while he's doing that he just lifts his foot and and he's still struggling on the floor and then and everyone else is just like oh it's buzz <laughs> yeah the toys reactions to certain things are just so funny they're like oh yeah okay great let's go yeah yeah it's like glad we wrapped that up um even when he when the other the other buzz is like i don't understand what's going on and so you know the real buzz just plays into his story a little bit and he's like it's a code such and such and he's like really so he's he's like yep and then he's he's just on board with the team he's like all right yeah (laughs) yeah and then of course yeah and then they and then when they're running out and then there's zerg and it's amazing which (laughs) uh that whole thing like with rex trying to learn learn how to beat him in the video game and then it's like oh the secret passage is you know in the shadows to the left and that's how he finds the the grate on on the side to get into the building and that the the whole opening like we we haven't even touched on that opening i love that that whole like video game uh intro the opening credits are a great uh i feel like they're a mix of a callback of like the the original superman opening credits and star wars okay but then that that whole sequence is just so cool and i like i I was talking about it with my friend like i still we always wanted a buzz lightyear game like basically like just like that and i know they had like a buzz lightyear game like you know that came out Mm -hmm. um 
I don't remember it that much, but I don't know. Like if Naughty Dog or somebody you know wants to make a you know a, f- a full you know modern console version of a Buzz Lightyear game, I'd be I'd be into it. You know, flipping over Zerg like that. <laughs> that the whole sequence is great. And then of course you know when he gets shot, and then it's just like I can't I can't press jump and shoot at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Rex. <laughs> oh, poor Rex. I love it. <laughs> One of the other new characters we didn't really mention yet is the actual puppy Mm. because you know the puppy isn't in it a ton but clearly the puppy likes the toys whereas most puppies would eat the toys (laughs) so you have woody you know teaching the dog to play dead and then the dog doesn't do it with andy which was really funny you know the dog just runs under andy's legs and leaves the room yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's like oh no done playing with my friends i'm gonna leave now (laughs) yeah Uh, that's that's so it's so great and and then woody rides the dog out to the yard sale (laughs) it's so great i love right before andy goes off to cowboy camp and and it's before woody like uh, woody's arms get broken and it's just the um all right we're gonna leave in five minutes and he's just like five minutes huh and then it's just (laughs) it's it it's such a it's such a a true kid thing that it's just like Oh, okay. We're not leaving just yet. I'm going to break out every single one of my toys and I'm going to start playing with with them before we have to go. And then you're going to have to drag me out out the door again. Um, And that whole that whole scene was just so, so much fun. And then it was that was a great callback to the first one with with the intro when he's playing with all all the toys. But now he's got, you know, some new characters with uh, with Mrs. Potato Head. So that so, so many so many more uh, fun, you know, toy moments in this one that that just builds upon uh, the first one. Yeah, it was definitely a really fun sequel. Is there anything else you want to discuss about the story in particular? Or do you want to hmm. move on to some of the visuals? Because they definitely did some different things with this one. Yeah, I think I think we honestly covered a lot of if not all of the all of the story. We covered like everything except for the airport scene, but I kind of oh, want to yeah, talk yeah. about that along with the visuals, so we definitely sure, yeah. will get to that. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the visuals in this one it definitely has uh, you know, an, an increase in uh in some detail. Definitely the I think the uh the the backgrounds um uh in in this one I think are uh are stronger in this than than they were in the first one so they i that's definitely um been been an increase in quality you can see how they found you know here's all the stuff that worked in the first one and we're gonna hone you know uh some things here and some things there so it's just it's it's a bit more well-rounded even though the first one is still is still great but i was still very impressed watching this one yeah one scene you mentioned earlier was woody falling through the trash can and I thought that was something that was so different from the first movie. It really stood out. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just something different visually that I wasn't really expecting because I didn't remember it. That little bit of like the the nightmare uh, storytelling was um, was a nice addition to this one of, of trying of trying something different that I, that the that the first one didn't have. Yeah, that uh, the opening, you know, video game sequence that it, it was mm-hmm. the 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 graphics in in that were incredibly smooth. I was very very uh, impressed by that. As you know, you mentioned we hadn't gotten to the airport, but there's so much going on 
in the airport scene from the baggage claim to the runway to um, just everything uh, surrounding that. There's a lot more moving parts in the airport scenes. And that's sort of why I wanted to lump that in with the discussion on the visuals. Because for me, when I saw, you know, all the bags going in every which direction, it kind of reminded me. And, you know, this movie came out later. So maybe it's something they kind of stole from Toy Story 2 to do. But all of the doors in Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. It just reminded me of that. And I was like... Oh, I see how they could have gone from like this airport baggage scene to moving all of those doors around in Monsters, Inc. You know, it kind of had that same vibe and the movies were only two years apart, I believe. So there was a preview for it on the DVD when I put it on today. That was like my (laughs) my realization when I put the DVD in and like some of the if first of all, it was like now on video and DVD like so it was like. Um, and it didn't it, the aspect ratio doesn't didn't even fill up my TV because the for the previews, it was still like the the square, you know, uh, smaller and it yeah. had. Um, yeah, it had Monsters, Inc. It had Emperor's New Groove. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> I was like, this this is a this this movie really is a uh, the entire DVD really is a time capsule. Like it's <laughs> and it's it's crazy that that's 20 years ago. Like it's the, I mean, there's a lot of sites that have been looking back at 1999, um, you know, as, uh, as this great, um, this great year for, uh, for movies and the, this one's right up there with, uh, with some of the best ones that I think came out that year and the, and the quality of it still holds up. Oh, absolutely. With this being 20 years old too, one, you don't really notice it, but that airport scene just did so many different things within such a small time span. You know, you have all of the toys running on the baggage and, you know, Slinky gets his butt caught on one of the other <laughs> oh, yeah. suitcases and he's like being pulled in two directions and Buzz has to save him whilst they're dealing with Stinky Pete. And then Woody is like jumping across the baggage carts to get mm-hmm. to Jesse and then they're crawling down out of the cargo area in the plane down to the wheels and it's kind of a tense moment even though you know everything's going to be okay because it's a Toy Story movie. <laughs> yeah. But you're just like, wow, this is so much and because it's dark out too, you know, yeah. you're not getting this brightness that you get for the rest of the movie. It's kind of like in the first movie when they were in Sid's room. Everything was Definitely. so much darker in there. And I like how, you know, they sort of just not necessarily reuse the same things, but they just play off of the first movie so much with this one. But they keep it fresh enough to where you're not like, oh, I just watched the same movie I watched four years ago. And yeah, they play on the they play on like the motifs of of the of the characters and the events that they've all that they've already that they've already been through. Um, and, and yeah, like that scene, that scene with, you know, you think, you think Stinky Pete, even though, yeah, it's Toy Story. So of course, you know, Woody's going to get out of it, but you know, you're, uh, he's there fighting Stinky Pete and Stinky Pete definitely has like the upper hand, but then here comes his group of friends. They've opened up somebody's baggage and they're, you know, flashing a bunch of cameras, uh, to, um, to distract Stinky Pete so that they can, so that Woody can, you know get away um 
and so that that's another you know just cl- uh clever moment of uh that's um you know you utilizing the environment that um that they have the scene that they, that they have within the scene and uh yeah i don't 100 percent remember exactly where i was going with that but it's great <laughs> sometimes i just get lost like thinking thinking of the movie and i'm just like ah it's just it's the nostalgia it's just so so much fun that i that i then just lose my my train of thought totally understandable but let's dive into the box office numbers real quick because they up the budget significantly with this one the budget okay. was 90 million what the the first one was what 30 i think it was like in the 30 to 35 range which you know was still a lot at the time but to more than double it and obviously yeah. they probably had to do that because maybe the actors who signed on didn't know how successful mm-hmm. it would be pixar didn't know how successful it would be and i'm sure you know tom hanks tim allen you know they got more money for the second one <laughs> oh, yeah. without a doubt and yeah. So would some of the other cast members, plus bringing on Joan Cusack, Kelsey Grammer, you know, Wayne Knight, all of these other people. That's going to add to your budget, but I wouldn't say that's the most significant addition. Maybe I think they did spend more money on the animation with this one. Plus, it's a little longer. The first one was about an hour and 20 minutes, and this one was a little over an hour and a half. So just even adding, you know... 10 to 15 minutes of animation that's a lot of time you're going to spend working on those 10 to 15 minutes plus they had all of those bloopers at the end which they didn't do with the first one so you are spending time you know doing all of these takes on purpose for the bloopers because it's not like you can have real bloopers in an animated film (laughs) right you have to create those intentionally which by the way i really enjoyed oh absolutely it's when when that happened i had I'd forgotten um, that Pixar like did that because I, I I don't think they've they made I, you I watch be... the credits before Marvel did. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it it uh I I I I could be wrong, but I don't I don't think like a lot of the do the recent Pixar ones do they all still do bloopers or I don't know I didn't recall noticing any with Coco, but maybe that's because it already took them so long to make Coco. They were like, nah, yeah. we don't have time for this. I also feel like Coco is not really a blooper type movie. <laughs> no, <but laughs> not really. Um, but it, yeah, it's, I had forgotten that the bloopers were in this one uh, and, and I was, I was cracking up. So it, so it, that was definitely uh, um, an addition to this one that, you know, like, like you said, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. So I'm glad they, I'm glad they took the time to do that. Yeah, and the movie ended up making almost five hundred million dollars. So clearly, there we go. <laughs> the bump in the budget paid off. You know, yeah. it, it came in just under five hundred million, and for nineteen ninety nine, that's a lot. You know, that's not Avengers money, but it doesn't need to be either. Mm-hmm. Do you have? If not, I'll pull up uh, Google real quick. Uh, do you have like the top grossing of of nineteen ninety nine? I do not, but we can do some live follow-up on that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of good movies came out in 1999. I imagine Star Wars takes the top spot just because it's Star Wars. Yes, Star Wars made over $900 million. So 
there is that. Yeah, Star Wars was uh, number one, Sixth Sense was number two, and Toy Story 2 was number three. Yeah, so it made Disney a lot of money. Not quite as much yeah. as The Sixth Sense, which is apparently a Disney movie. I don't think I ever noticed that. But Wait, really? <laughs> it lists Disney as the distributor. So, oh, yeah. you know, Disney All had right. three movies distributed in the top five because then Tarzan is at number five, too. So, yeah, you know, Disney is always raking in the money and... I'm not too terribly worried about it. <laughs> so, I mean, no, no. I know some people are worried now about how much Disney has bought up. But, you know, in 1999, they were just giving us really good movies, whether it was through Disney or through Pixar. Mm -hmm. They just were killing it in the 90s. So, you know, yeah. it's not surprising that Star Wars beat everyone because, you know, Star Wars had just come back. It's like... Oh, yeah, that was the first time it came back. <laughs> yeah, and it's no different than 2015 when The Force Awakens came out. You know, mm -hmm. people got so excited that it just blew everything away at the box office. And and that one was Disney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they just have all the money. But, you know, I think we can dive into some quick final thoughts here because yeah. for me, as much as I really, really like this, I think I still like the first one better just because of what it meant as a movie and what it did for animated movies as a whole. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Like this is definitely it's this is a super fun sequel and I really enjoy you know all the additions that they brought to it. Yeah, the 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 first one I mean the the, the first one is still kind of so untouchable. Like it's still you know, I mean I'm interested to rewatch the third one and 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 see where that one falls, but this I mean, Toy Story 1 is still in my, you know, top five of the probably, you know, probably top three, if I really thought about it, of Pixar movies like that. The first one still just has not been, you know, o overthrown from from that high standard because it just for for what it was in the technology, in, you know, storytelling and animation with it changing the entire landscape to it it being the standard now to the fact that it's just a great simple uh, simple story that's got a ton of heart a lot of laughs and tom hanks and i mean i i feel like i haven't given uh i haven't given tom hanks enough love in both of these podcasts <laughs> i really love tom hanks so i just need to say <laughs> i feel like i talked a lot about tim allen in the last one and i, I love tim allen you know i do but Tom Tom Hanks, he's just a he's he's a national treasure. So that just needs to be said. That's in my final <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim, another fun conversation, and clearly you will be back on for Toy Story three. I don't know how soon we will get to that. I will hopefully be watching it soon, since you know I think by the time everyone is listening to this, Toy Story four will be out. So, you know. Go rewatch Toy Story 3, go watch Toy Story 4, and we will be back with podcasts on both of those at some point. Absolutely. Can't wait. You can follow the podcast at Geekdom Pod on Twitter. Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram. We're also on Facebook at Welcome to Geekdom. If you could rate and subscribe to the podcast, that would be a huge help to us. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find this in lots of different places and just share it with some friends. Get the word out there. And as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.